You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. More on Bootrap and its sophisticated spear phishing of Russian banks. They may have failed to snap a billion rubles in one caper, but they did get 600 million. We'll hear more reasons not to jailbreak your iPhones and iPads, and still more reasons not to download adult apps on your Android. And we hear from the University of Maryland's Ben Yellen, who brings us up to date on the lingering fallout of the Snowden leaks. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, March 18th, 2016. The Russian cyber mob that impersonated FinCert now has a name, Bootrap, and a tally sheet. Thirteen banks hit since August, with their biggest single take being 600 million rubles. That's just over $8.5 million. Group IB has been reporting on the incident. Losses in smaller regional banks were particularly heavy, although the biggest single attempted theft, to the tune of a billion rubles, was foiled when a typographical error in the email aroused suspicions. The exploit proceeded roughly like this. Once the mark bit on the emailed fish bait, convincingly spoofed FinCert communications, the malware payload then exploited the automated bank customer system that connected to the regulator. Dmitry Volkov, the head of Group IB's Cyber Intelligence Department, explained that this system is a highly critical one for Russian banks. Drawing a comparison to a comparably important American system, he told Bloomberg, quote, This is the same as if hackers were to get access to the SWIFT system at Citibank, for example, end quote. Proofpoint's warning earlier this week that Karbanak is back suggests that other segments of the Russian criminal underground remain active against the financial sector. Trend Micro points out that notorious revenant Drydex is also active and bothering banks, despite the many takedowns the criminal botnet has suffered. Various outlets say that FireEye has given the Indian government a report detailing extensive cyber espionage campaigns by actors based in Pakistan. It's unclear from media reports so far whether the attacks are state-run or state-inspired, hacktivist or criminal, or some mix of all these. The campaign is said to involve distribution of CDOR malware through email attachments. The targets are reported to be Indian military and government personnel as well as Pakistani dissidents. Again, the target set is consistent with the interests of a range of possible threat actors. Ace Deceiver, the iOS vulnerability Palo Alto Networks described this week, should give users another good reason not to jailbreak their iPhones or iPads, as if sensible, ordinary users needed any good reasons to leave well enough alone. 
There's some evidence that Ace Deceiver could affect non-jailbroken iPhones, but you, user, would really have to work at installing a pretty obvious dodgy app to suffer an infection. Wired puts the issue into perspective with a quotation from security researcher Jonathan Zidzarski. In its current form, Zidzarski says, this isn't dangerous except to the exceptionally stupid. The real risk, as Palo Alto has pointed out, is that Ace Deceiver's clever tricks might be integrated into some future exploits that could draw the normally bright as well as the exceptionally stupid. In the meantime, don't jailbreak your devices. Speaking of the dodgy internet stuff and reckless users, Zscaler would like everyone to know that you're shooting dice with malware when you download what appears to be a player for what we, being a family show, will delicately call adult content. It's a Chinese-named app, but consumers of adult content tend to be visually oriented anyway, so pinyin characters aren't likely to put off even those more accustomed to Roman, Greek, Cyrillic, Hebrew, Arabic, etc. Again, just stay away. The stage fright vulnerability may prove to be realistically exploitable after all, according to Northbit, which describes a proof-of-concept attack that the security company says could readily work in the wild. Google closed stage fright bugs in response to Zimperium research, but unpatched devices remain vulnerable. Rowhammer, another vulnerability from the past, may also be riskier than long thought. Third IO research suggests that bit flipping might indeed work against dual inline memory modules. The black market continues to act like a market as supply and demand meet opportunity. The ready availability of cheap Steam stealers is driving a long-running uptick in criminal hijacking of Steam gaming accounts. Observers think the FBI is more worried about precedent than a single iPhone's contents in the dispute with Apple. The Bureau, say many, is concerned that encryption really will enable criminals and terrorists to go dark, but their arguments still aren't convincing Apple supporters that weakened encryption wouldn't prove to give criminals and terrorists a large net advantage. NSA looks back on the last three years of Snowden leaks, and while the agency still feels the pain, that pain's getting duller with time. We had a chance to talk about this with Ben Yellen from the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security, considering whether the passage of time has made the Snowden revelations less relevant. We'll hear from him after the break. And finally, we're still two weeks short of the April 1st H-Hour, when Anonymous intends to kick off its actions against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump. But some of the hacktivists may have crossed the line of departure prematurely. People claiming to be from Anonymous have posted phone numbers and PII they claim belong to Donald Trump. But disappointed tweeters say their texts to the number seem to have just wound up in a full mailbox somewhere. Where's the Anonymous help desk when a social media Joe Sixpack or Janie Lunchbucket slacktivist needs one? The disappointed tweeters were hoping to hear the Donald tell them, You're fired. Alas, no joy. Maybe later. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. 
So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and Zero Trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their SASE journey, visit N-E-T-S-K-O-P-E dot com. I want to welcome to the CyberWire podcast Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst for the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I want to talk about the uh, fallout from the Edward Snowden spying revelations. There was an interview on NPR recently with uh, Richard Leggett, the NSA's deputy director, and he said that the fallout from the Snowden leaks isn't over, but the information is getting old. I think there's a lot of truth uh, to what Mr. Legit is saying there. For one, one of the major programs that Snowden uncovered was the Call Detail Records Program under Section 215 of the USA Patriot Act. So the, the act that itself actually was about business records. It allowed the FBI to compel companies to turn over business records that were relevant in an ongoing terrorism investigation. What we didn't know until the Snowden disclosures is that that law was being used to justify the bulk collection of phone metadata. So phone metadata includes the not the content of the conversation, but who made the call, who received the call, the duration, etc. That program has since been repealed as of uh, this past November and replaced with a new program, the USA Freedom Act. So in one sense, one of his major two revelations is no longer, the program is no longer active. So that's one aspect of the disclosures maybe going stale a little bit. The other aspect, and for the program that hasn't since been amended, which is the content of communications under Section 702 of the FISA Amendments Act, the NSA has been able to switch some of its methods and tactics, I think, largely just with the passage of time. It's been three years. I think they've been able to adjust tactics knowing what information has now been released to the public. Three years is a long time, especially when we're talking about signals intelligence where the technology itself changes so drastically over a short period of time that the methods, even without the disclosures, are going to necessarily have to change. We'll hear more from Ben Yellen on the Snowden leaks in our Friday Week in Review podcast later today. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. 
And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.